0: here's the bottom line people who absolutely love their jobs and yes i'm gonna use the word love like love their job like it's a fit those are the people that tend to be more engaged and they want to stick around
1: welcome to powered by instinct a podcast for professionals who think about how your fundamental nature drives performance in each episode colby experts will interview top performers team leaders consultants and coaches to discuss identifying team members strengths aligning those strengths with their jobs and optimizing individual and team performance if you're interested in getting more done more naturally then let's jump in hey everybody you get a two for today on the powered by instinct podcast i'm david colby ceo visionary of colby corp amy bruski president and integrator here at colby corp good to see you amy
0: Great to be here. I'm so excited about this topic today.
1: Yeah, I am too. So the topic today, really, it's a reaction. Gallup did a survey about employee engagement and the results, well, we can talk about whether we're surprised or what we think about them, but basically the results are saying the trend continues employee engagement going down. It had been trending up for a number of years, but then starting in 2021, kind of after the pandemic, and I think little refresher i think maybe surprising a lot of people the pandemic actually helped boost employee engagement i think the widespread theory and i i ascribe to this too is you know it was a crisis people hunkered down it's that you know when you're attacked you get engaged because uh-huh. we've got to buckle down and survive get everything done but then since then in two successive years in 2021 and 22 employee engagement has ticked down by two percentage points both times. And then this last year, also active disengagement. So, you know, the ones who aren't engaged, that's one thing. They're like, ah, we're not so engaged. Active disengagement. So maybe something like quiet quitting, that's Mm -hmm. also going up. So 18%, almost a fifth of the workforce is actively checked out. Of what they're doing.
0: And sometimes actively disengaged means you're actually sabotaging, like you're negative, you're affecting other people, all that versus quiet quitting where I'm just I'm gonna hang back. I'm not gonna really, you know, do very much or contribute very much. But active disengagement can be can look even worse. So that's really I mean so concerning for anyone in a workplace.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Amy, we can talk about this here internally. You know, I, I don't think this is a surprise. I actually, I shouldn't say internally. We actually track our employee engagement. It's not going down. We work at it really hard. I will also say that. Engagement Multiplier is actually a vendor that we use that really helps us with that to to measure it and to talk to people internally about it to make sure that it stays up. But really what I meant was talking to our clients hearing that direct information, it it doesn't surprise me. I mean, does it surprise you, Amy?
0: No, actually, it doesn't surprise me at all because we are hearing it from our clients. And frankly, we keep reading about it and everyone's trying to experiment with a bunch of stuff. And clearly, whatever we're thinking would work is not working. And as you're saying, some of that is very situational, but we've had an engagement problem for a long time. It's just leaders are really in pain right now. I, I think We need to talk about the employees, but I also want to touch base a little bit on leaders because they are burnt out. And the Gallup survey that came out sometime late 2022, I think it was right around October or November, was showing that only one in three leaders are engaged. So we're talking about the employees. Right. But now we've got leaders, too, who can't even be good role models, and they themselves are really burnt out. So I think that's compounding what we're seeing.
1: Yeah. And let me take just a second. And talk about a part of this that I think isn't talked about a lot. And sometimes because it isn't talked about a good chunk of people, but let's, you know, employees, basically not the leaders get a little cynical, like, oh, employee engagement, who cares? You just want me engaged so that you can make more money off of me. And you like grind me down. Like, no, no, no. It's important. Yes. For the company, because it's been shown over and over again, when you have engaged employees, the company does better and is more profitable. But it's also for the people in the job, whether they're at a leadership level or at the, you know, kind of team member, employee level, whatever you want to call it, if they're not engaged, their job satisfaction goes down. They don't feel good about what they're doing. Their long-term career development is suffering also because they, you know, they aren't doing what they need to do to do. And, and that works both ways. Sometimes one of the reasons they aren't engaged is because they're not getting those opportunities. Uh-huh. But it's important for kind of everybody involved for those numbers to be higher. It's not just a, oh, yeah, companies want to do that so they can take advantage of people. That's yeah. really not the case. But No,
0: it affects the rest of your team, too. It's not just the short-term pain. It's long-term implications, like you just said, and it's going to affect other people. So it really does have this exponential effect on others. Yeah,
1: so... So, let me just cite some of the things that Gallup was talking about when they're measuring employee engagement. So, some of the things that went down clarity of expectations on the job, connection to the mission and purpose of the company, opportunities to learn and grow, opportunities to do what the employees do best, and feeling cared about at work. So, those were all factors that went down. And we'll put a link up so that you can look at the article and get more of the details because they also talk. You know, which of these factors went down in which demographic categories, you know, older versus younger, men versus women, also workplace situation, remote versus in office versus what they call remote ready, but in office or hybrid also. So, yeah, go ahead and read the article. But those are, you know, those are some of the key factors.
0: What do you think about working remotely versus working in office? Like, what's your thought about how much that really has an effect on some of this right now?
1: So the study talked about some differences when they looked at, you know, people in those different scenarios in terms of where they're working and what their satisfaction was. And one of the things that was interesting to me was one of the worst categories in terms of satisfaction and engagement was what they called, as I just mentioned, that remote ready, but fully in office work. So to me, what that's saying is kind of, yeah, these people are in a job they know they could do at least hybrid, if not fully remote. And yet they're stuck in the office all the time. And I think there's a lot of frustration among people who are in that position, because the, again, the key part is they know from what they do that it doesn't have to be in the office all the time. So they feel like it's really unfair because so many other people get to work remote or hybrid. So I think, you know, that's a factor. But I also think, and the study also showed kind of at the other end of the spectrum, that people who are fully remote are more disconnected. And if you, you know, again, reading through the list here, clarity of expectations, you know, if you're not in the office, there's less of an opportunity for you to hear that informal, you know, somebody telling you, or maybe overhearing your conversation and hearing that you don't understand something and saying, oh, you know, I heard you talking about X and I think, you know, really it should be this different thing. So they're more disconnected also.
0: Well, yeah. And as you said, it was clarity of expectations, connection to the mission and the purpose of the company, and then opportunities to learn and grow. I do worry about people younger in their careers. So early in your career, in any environment, how do you have opportunities to learn and grow where you're not getting to just observe some of the through osmosis that you get that some of the learning about how people get things done and solve problems? And you're missing that, too.
1: So this is the Powered by Instinct podcast, though. Let's bring this in yeah. a little bit to conation, how conative factors are playing into this. So yeah. what do you
0: think? I mean, here's, here's the bottom line. People who absolutely love their jobs. And yes, I'm going to use the word love, like love their job. like It's a fit in order for it to be a fit, has to fit you in all three parts of the mind, which we can talk about in a minute. But those are the people that tend to be more engaged and they want to stick around. So, I, I love this. I love sports analogies. And I think a lot of you have heard before, like being in the zone. When there is a great fit for your role, you're in the zone. It requires less effort. You know, it's the kind of stuff you could do all day. And I do think that, you know, it is important to have the skills and be a good fit for what you just naturally do well, affectively, or you're, there's got to be a fit with your values. So, you got to be connected to the mission of the company and your values and all of that. But this missing piece of it is that the way you naturally solve problems or the way you naturally execute is what's needed in your role and you're thriving in that. And so there's this missing link that we know it, when people pay attention to this, it makes a significant difference in turnover and engagement and all of those things. So it's just long been ignored. So here's what leaders are doing. They are adding back more fun. And just like they were doing before, they're going to yep. have free food <laughs> And we're going to do all these games. And I do think a lot of that's important for fun and culture and all of all those kinds of things. But when I'm in my individual role, by working against my strengths, there's no amount of that that's going to make a difference. Same with salary.
1: And I think it also breeds cynicism sometimes. You know, people are smart enough to understand when they're being fed bread and circuses and real problems aren't getting addressed. So it's like, oh, great, you know. We spent time and money to get together for a happy hour, but I still am not being judged fairly on what I'm doing or my boss still hasn't told me what the expectations are so that when I'm, you know, I've come up short, I don't know how to fix it. And one of the key things that they talked about in the survey is opportunity to do what people do best. I mean, that's That's right. right in our wheelhouse. That's conation right there. It's not, you know. And yes, you're right. It's three parts of the mind and especially their cognitive. You know, there's definitely part of that. You know, you have that cognitive ability in an area you want to use that, but also with your cognitive strengths. When people understand that that's a key part to doing your job well and gaining satisfaction from it, you know, it's fixable. It doesn't need to be a mystery that just never gets addressed. And so that's, the article talked about, well, what are some of the things to do? I mean, it really focused more you know, just on the trends and what they're seeing. But it it touched a little bit on what to do. And it was interesting to me, one of the things they, and probably one of the chief recommendations was, oh, leaders need to have conversations with all of their people, like 15 to 30 minutes a week to talk about their jobs. Well, but what about their jobs? And that's one of the things that I think Colby's so helpful with is we help people target so that it's not just a, you know, talk to them on Monday and how was your weekend and, And don't get me wrong. Some of that, again, is important culturally. People do need to feel like if you've got a sick kid at home, my boss asked me how my sick kid is doing. That's just, you know, connecting on a human level. But in terms of the work stuff, you know, we can say, you can look at a person's Colby index result and say, oh, so how are you getting to use that fact finder strength that you have? How are, you know, You can look at, and there are all kinds of specific things. So you start with individual strengths, then you can look at how does your result fit with your job expectations, Uh your own job expectations. Then you can look at the boss and the person in the job and see if they are well aligned. Then you can look at key one-to-one relationships and up from there, then onto the team and all that stuff. So, you know, there are specific topics that you can discuss that are productive, that are going to get at the root issues.
0: So maybe we can even give a key question for everybody. One of the things that's just so simple and straightforward is, is ask someone, how have you gotten to use your strengths this week? Or what is the one task that you either keep putting off or is causing you the most stress? Or, you know, there, there are some really basic questions. If you haven't had those conversations with people this week, try those out because it makes a big difference.
1: Yeah. So that's the question, for instance, the, what is the one task? Follow it up. When you get the answer, it's not just so that you hear the answer. It's then, well, what do you do about it? So what are the techniques? You know, is it, and you got to listen, is that something that somebody else should be doing because it's just never going to be a good fit for you. And the organization would be better served, you know, more than likely though, Hey, it is part of your job. So what are the techniques for handling it? Hey, tackle that first thing in the day when you still have energy. Only do it for a limited chunk of time so that you aren't dreading it so much because you know it's an entire day of something that's really going to stress you out. So get to those solutions, too. That's got to be part of the conversation.
0: Yeah. And for any leaders that are listening right now, it's key to let you know it's not massive changes. So we're not talking about having to change everything about someone's role. People will tell me if they just do one task that causes them stress just a little bit differently or reduce the amount of time they work against their grain, even by 10 or 20 percent, that makes a big difference. in how satisfied yeah. someone is. And then, you know, ultimately, one of the things I liked about this, the survey was one of the five things they said was that people wanted to feel cared for at work. Right? I want someone who actually cares about me. If you can show I really care about whether or not you're a, in a role that works for you, I care about discovering more about your strengths. And making sure you get to use those, that's a part of the whole picture. So, of course, there's the other things like understanding what's going on in your personal life. And I care about you as a person. But this one component makes a huge difference and it changes the result. You actually can get to some solutions. So I think that's huge.
1: Great. Well, I think that's enough. I'm an eight and fact finder. I could keep going on, but we'll yeah. just cut it there. Uh, thanks right. for listening. And uh, Amy, great to do the twofer with you today.
0: Right and and let me just remind everybody if you need more information on any of these solutions first of all we talked about the colby system overall but just remember that the colby system will help you with four different things first helping identify strengths secondly is making sure that those people get to use their strengths is their alignment like david was talking about quite a bit and then there's the piece about working with other people and collaboration sometimes the people you work with are the ones that are stressing you out the most or a team that's just kind of not getting enough done and they're spinning their wheels, we have measures for that to see what team dynamics are at play and some solutions. And then lastly is as you're adding to the team, adding to people, we have solutions for that too. And of course, you can get more of that information at Colby.com.
1: Yep. Thanks for the pitch.
0: Of course. Thanks, All right. David. We'll
1: see y'all later. Thanks for checking out this episode of Powered by Instinct. This show is brought to you by Colby Court a company that helps leaders and organizations thrive using the only instinctive strengths assessment on the market. If you enjoyed this episode, then follow Powered by Instinct wherever you get your favorite podcasts or join us online at kobe.com slash podcast for all the latest episodes.